Hey everybody, welcome to Listen Money Matters. Money might not bring happiness, but it's a lot nicer to cry in your Ferrari than on a bike. My name is Matt and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you and what are you drinking? Uh, good dude. Mm-hmm. I actually, I have a Scottish ale. It's called Royal Kilt Inspector. And, uh... <laughs> And actually, the bottle is pretty awesome. It has the queen looking up some dude's kilt. I uh, okay, <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, yeah. I, a, I picked it up uh, in the Finger Lakes. I went to the brewery and. Uh, oh, you did. Yeah. It was oh, so that's tasty. a that's an American beer. It is. Oh, okay. So, is it a bomber or is it like a a regular bottle? Bombers. I, I think I've like settled on bombers to get tasty beers. Yeah. More beer, cheaper. It's like all around. Yeah. Win win. Yeah, I think I might have to go do that. I'm going to buy some bombers. Just like, I want to, I want a beer cellar. <laughs> like, I don't have a cellar. Uh, I don't want to buy a ton of stuff, but uh, I think it would be cool to have some, like, just beers lying around that could age a little bit, and that would be fun. Dude, that'd be awesome. And then you get your bombers in there so you could settle into a beer. Yeah. You know? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Mm. Uh, I am not drinking beer yet. I will later, but I'm just drinking water right now. So enjoy your beer, Andrew. I am. All right, good. Uh, Today's catchphrase is money might not bring happiness, but it's a lot nicer to cry in your Ferrari than on a bike. And that was sent in to us by Thomas Frank, who's been on the show a few times. Just a few. Uh, Thank you, Thomas. That was sent in to us uh, via Facebook. And and you're more than welcome to send in your catchphrases to Facebook. It's uh, facebook.com slash listenmoneymatters. Or if you want to... You can send them into our Twitter account, which is at Money Matters Man. So that's that. And go and have a chat with us if you don't mind. We love talking. I'm the guy that runs social media. Andrew's the guy that runs email. You know that. Uh, all right. So let's get into it. Uh, we have a guest on the show today. Uh, and I'm, I'm, you know what? And, and Tammy, I didn't ask you this before we got on, but it's Strobel, right? Correct. All right, cool. So, <laughs> thank you. Uh, so, we have Tammy Strobel on the show today. She's a writer. She's a photographer. She's a teacher. And she has two books. Uh, one is You Can't Buy Happiness. Or, I'm sorry. <laughs> so used to saying that. You Can Buy Happiness and It's Cheap, How One Woman Radically Simplified Her Life and How You Can Too. That was released in September of 2012. And her latest book is My Morning View, an iPhone photography project about gratitude, grief, and good coffee. And that hit the shelves. Uh, in March of 2014. She also uh, does all her writing and photography at RowdyKittens.com. So, Tammy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, and we're going to talk about minimalism today. We've we've recently interviewed somebody, a guy named Joel, about minimalism, but I wanted, I wanted to get your perspective, and I've read a lot about you, and I really quick want to ask, where did Rowdy Kittens come from? Well, so uh, Rowdy Kittens evolved kind of organically. I, um, at the time, back in, gosh, I guess this was 2007, Mm -hmm. I was working at a nonprofit and I wanted to start my own blog. And I was blogging for the nonprofit on policy-related stuff. And I was sitting around a conference table with my colleagues at the time. And we were brainstorming blog names. And I was like, I really want to write about simplicity and happiness. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to you know, call my blog. And so people started shouting names out around the table. And someone shouted Rowdy. And then someone else shouted Kittens. And so... That's how my blog name was born. So you, you just merged <laughs> two words together. 
totally. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's funny because I, I have a, um, a this like rap project, this comedy rap project that I work on uh, on my own, and uh, it's called Liberty Gigolos. And mm-hmm. that was done the same way. I was sitting in a uh, study hall in high school and I was just looking around. I was, I was in the study hall classroom that I was in was a history classroom. And I saw give me liberty or give me death uh, on the wall. And I said, okay, liberty. I like that. And then I was thinking of like different, just two different words to mix together. And I came up with gigolos because I was obsessed with uh, Louis Prima's <laughs> Just a Gigolo. And then that that became Liberty Gigolos is two words together. So that's interesting that that's, you, it's just that's two. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's, yeah just, like, it's fun to kind of mix up words. And like my tagline is go small, think big and be happy. And yeah. so that kind of summarizes the site a little bit better, but I love the name and it makes people laugh. So you just have to roll with it. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. So I want to hear your, uh, your entire story. You have like, okay, as far as uh, you, you would consider yourself a minimalist, right? I do, yeah. But you were not always that. You had the standard middle middle class lifestyle, and then I know that you went from doing that, uh, a couple of cars, living in a city, expensive area, and then went and sold all your crap and then moved into a tiny house. Yeah, it's definitely been a fun journey for sure. We started kind of the conversations about downsizing our, our stuff, our living space, our our debt, our cars, all of that back in 2003 and slowly over, gosh, I guess seven years-ish, we paid off our debt, sold our stuff, moved into a tiny house on wheels. So, you know, we started out in, I guess it was a 1,200 square foot apartment that was exploding with stuff. And then in 2011, we moved into a, a tiny house on wheels that was or is, I should say, 128 square feet. Wow, that's really small. <laughs> it is. But so, it actually, yeah. the space feels bigger when you're, when you're inside. So I'm sure. <laughs> well, I want to go into like just the early days. So you, did you go to college? I did, yeah. Okay, so and, it, and it's you and your husband, Logan, right? And you guys, mm-hmm. uh, did you guys both go to college and, and work normal jobs and then yeah, you got the apartment? So, I, I got my BA and then two master's degrees. Oh, wow. And, okay. Uh, Logan actually has a PhD in physiology. And so we met while we were in college. And I don't know. I mean, in my early 20s, I would, I would kind of describe myself as just a person who was really trying to keep up with everybody else. Like I wanted a bigger house and nicer car, better clothes, like mm-hmm. nothing was ever good enough, enough. Yeah, right. You know, and so now I'm completely different and <laughs> you know, stuff um it's just stuff. Like, you know, stuff is it can be used for great things and and you know, like your laptop, it's a tool to sure. get things done, but um in the end, you know, stuff is replaceable. But the, how did you go from, you know, you guys both have a, a really incredible education, both of you, and then both of you, here I go, fucking New Jersey. Okay. Um, you guys. Speaking about great Yeah, education. right. <laughs> so you guys got a couple of good educationals. Very nice. Uh, no, so you guys, you guys classy, are, yeah, you're, yeah, right. You're educated. You're, you're, you're living in an, an apartment. You lived in a big apartment in, in a, in like a, an area that was, expensive-ish, right, would you say? Yeah, we lived in Davis, California Mm -hmm. at that time, and, you know, 
nice little community. Logan got his PhD at UC Davis, fantastic school. Mm-hmm. I I just like, and at that time in my life, I was working in the investment management field, which oh, wow. is, it's kind of funny looking back because I was, you know, in a position to advise clients on finances and here I was like in debt mm-hmm. and struggling and I shouldn't have been, right? Like I had a good job, like dual yeah. incomes, all this stuff, but I think for me, it just, it took a lot of conversations and um, making pro-con lists to make well, that like was, a big shift in my life to be like, okay, how do I really want to spend my life? Like we only get so much time on this planet and I didn't want to be stuck in this kind of work-spend cycle um, forever because that wouldn't be fun. <laughs> yeah, and but what I find interesting is, okay, well, so the debt that you had was, was that student loan and credit card or just student loan debt? Um, mostly student loans okay. and then um, car loans. Car um, loans. We did, you know, like... I wouldn't say, though, that we used our credit cards responsibly. Like, we paid them off at the end of each month, but we used them as a crutch. So, like, Mm. you know, you run out of money, you charge something, pay it off. But that didn't really feel so good in terms of money management. Well, what was the – I'm find it fascinating that you go from this lifestyle to all of a sudden I want to start making pros and cons lists. Like, there has to be some sort of uh, catalyst or – or experience that you went through to say, okay, wait a minute, shit's fucked up. I gotta, I gotta like, I gotta do something about this. Like what was that moment for you? Well, I, for me, it was kind of a buildup of moments, but I was very unhappy in the investment management world. Like I was working, you know, probably 10 hours a day. My commute was two hours round trip. Mm. Um, You know, just, I, I felt like I was just dead inside and something had to change. I was drinking a lot when I got home from work and Logan was like, dude, this is not cool. Like, <laughs> what, were you, what were you drinking? <laughs> wine. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, it's like wine is great, but do you need to drink a bottle a night? Probably not. Yeah, like, so, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Exactly. So I just, I saw that in myself, kind of this progression of, kind of going into a depression and not coping well. Mm. And so uh, Logan and I started having conversations about like, well, what do we really want in our life? Like, how do we want to spend our time, our careers, our money? Who do we want to hang out with, like in terms of family and friends? And so when I reached that point of, of too much unhappiness, too much drinking, we just, we sat down and just started talking. And I think um, if you can talk through your problems with either your your life partner or trusted friend or a counselor, it it really helps. Right, and and so he was on board. Oh, so yeah, was he unhappy totally. too? Um, he wasn't as unhappy as I was at the time. He was working on his PhD and he was teaching at the university. You know, he was riding his bike to UC Davis, mm. and I was driving out to Rancho Cordova for my job. And so we just kind of had different, you know, daily lives. And that was fine. But in the beginning, Logan was the one that was like, hey, let's just downsize to a smaller apartment. Like if we do that, we can save money, pay off debt, you might be able to change jobs. And I was like, no, I don't want to give up my stuff. Right. (laughs) So, you know, in the beginning, it was hard for me to kind of let go and make those changes but obviously I, I kind of caught on got on the bandwagon <laughs> interesting so I so what it what it sounds like to me is that you're 
this was all financially driven, at least oh, at yeah. least in the beginning. So it's, you know, yeah. you, I don't know if you were like, I want to be a minimalist. I want to, you know, grow my own garden food because I'm a, a, hip, a hippie or whatever. It, it was more of like, we have debt, we have stuff. Uh, it's expensive. I'm driving a ridiculous amount. I'm drinking now. Uh, this is it, It's financially driven for you to say, okay, let's sit down. And let's do these pros and cons list. But I want to talk about the the actual act of writing these lists because I've done these lists. I've done more of a and you you mentioned the people that you wanted to hang out with, right? Because that's something mm-hmm. that not everyone thinks about. That's like the last I would even when it comes down to like life changing stuff. That's the one thing you never you don't think about changing. But that you that was something that you that like how did that come into your brain? Well, I think, you know, like our our decision to downsize was definitely motivated by finances and health. Like I'd never been like, I want to be a minimalist. Mm -hmm. Like that just wasn't part of my reality. And I knew that I wanted to surround myself with people who were kind and compassionate that were doing good stuff in their communities, work they love. And I just didn't, I wasn't finding those connections in the investment management world. And so I knew something had to give. And I also wanted to have a work life that was more flexible to really be present for my family. And so um, that's unfolded in a lot of different ways over the years. So, but that's a whole other story. (laughs) Yeah. Did you have shitty friends? Um, I kind of, it's hard because I don't, right. I wouldn't, I don't want to like label them. (laughs) I just, I just think, you know, at that time in my life, I had different values. They had different values and, you know, no, I totally understand that. And I, that's the same with me. And did, did you, but when you made that pros and cons list, was there a friends pros and cons list? Um, there wasn't a specific like friend pro and con okay. list, right. but I knew there were some people in my life, friends and family included, that that I needed to distance myself from because mm. they were kind of toxic, like had a lot of um, baggage, just personal baggage, yeah. like not only like really driven by consumerism, but just not really kind and compassionate. Like mm-hmm. I want to be around people who are loving. <laughs> Hmm. Interesting. So, uh, you went from that. So you had that, 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 that idea that you wanted to change that lifestyle. And then you made this, you made these lists. And then what was the first move you made? Well, at first, like I did not think we could fit into a smaller apartment. So (laughs) we decided to basically at the time we had a two bedroom space. Um, One bedroom was, um, you know, where Logan and I slept. And then we had like an office slash guest bedroom. And so we decided to just completely, you know, clear out that extra bedroom, close the door and just pretend like we were living in a a one bedroom apartment. And by doing that, I was like, oh, this is great because it was a test. Like we didn't have to sign a new lease or move all our stuff to figure out if we could really manage that kind of space and the decrease in square footage, but we totally could. And once I started like letting go of stuff and Logan as well, we were like, this is awesome. We feel so much better. Like, like trying to just hold onto the the belongings that brought us joy just kind of gave us more headspace to think through some bigger issues like work, who we mm-hmm. want to spend time with and things like that. Hmm. 
how did you get uh, Logan like on board with you, or were you guys like literally on the same wavelength? Because it sounds like you together took this leap, as opposed to like you kind of forging it solo and and making him. Yeah, we. I mean, like I said, he was the one that started it. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but we've always been like we've been together. God, I think thirteen years now. Mm-hmm. So like. For us, we want to, in our relationship, in our marriage, like, communication really is the key. And so we want to kind of be on the same same page. And um, when we hit roadblocks, we always just sit down and talk because it usually solves all the problems. And we were kind of on the, the same page in terms of downsizing. Like, we wanted to experiment and to have fun with our lives and just really have more time to focus on the stuff that brought us joy. I like the idea that you uh, tested it first. I've, I would have never thought to do that. Yeah, I, it's a great way to um, kind of downsize your space and not have to move because mm-hmm. moving is expensive. And so, um, and at the time we were pretty strapped for money. So I was scared of like downsizing to 800 square feet and then not liking it yeah, at being all. So right? by just closing that door and and feeling what a different space would be like it was perfect that's super cool and then what was the what was the next what was the next step uh then we moved from the two bedroom into an 800 square foot apartment and we sold one of our we well we sold we had two cars sold both then kind of had a um a setback and bought a new car, <laughs> which we ended up selling like a year later oh, and wow. going car free um, and going everywhere by bike for probably five years. Well, but uh, you sold both cars and then bought a new car and yeah. then sold that one and then yeah. went by. Okay, all right. So, <laughs> so was that because yeah. you were just like transitioning and you just didn't know? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Like, both of the cars we sold were really old, and okay. um, then I ended up switching careers, and that. So long story, but we bought the new car, which wasn't really financially wise, but we did that. We learned from it, mm-hmm. and then let it go. <laughs> and then, how are you able to get around? On, like, because I, from what I understand, and I've only been to California once in my life, but it's a pretty big state. So, how do you get around? I mean, is it things? Are you yeah. just close to things, or did you like? Did you plan to well, live close to things because you knew you wanted to bike? Yeah. So we, like, um, at that time in our lives, we were in Davis, California, then had moved to moved to Sacramento, pretty large cities with yeah, decent yeah. public transit, good biking infrastructure. And so it's totally reasonable to get around by bike if you're able-bodied. Like, right. not, not a problem. And at that time, like, after... We moved in, into the 800-square-foot apartment. We downsized again into a 400-square-foot apartment and moved to Sacramento. And I was like a mile from my office, so I just walked or cycled. And so, like, the point being, you can structure your life in a way that enables you to be car-free if that's what you want to do. But you know, you know what drives me nuts about that? Because I really wish I could do that. And I, and I honestly can't do that from where I, where I live. I need a car to get around. Uh, but where Andrew lives, he lives in the city. He can well, he doesn't have any mode of transportation. It's either you know uh, subways or or whatever, or the path as, as they call it over there, or just walking. And Andrew, do you have a bike? Uh, yeah, I, I don't have a bike. I wanted oh, okay. a bike, but I've done like the city bike and stuff. But like, I, I guess you rent it. Yeah, I just but for me, 
what happens if it rains or if it's like, well, I, I guess in California, it doesn't really snow that all that often unless you're up, well, you're up north, so it does, right? Yeah, you know, it depends where you are in California because it's a very big state yeah, right. with a lot of geography. But, you know, um, we lived in Portland, Oregon. It rains a lot there. You just get appropriate gear, basically. Okay. Like, get a good raincoat, get good rain pants. Um, and, you know, it like going car free isn't for everyone. It really... I always tell people like it's super important to figure out what your needs are because life always changes. Like mm -hmm. nothing is static, you know, like we were car free for I think five or six years. And then last year we bought a car, but now our circumstance is completely different. We're in a very rural area with shitty public transit right. and you, you need a car. Like that's the reality. So um, being able to recognize that and kind of changing with the flow, but yet being financially smart is really important. Yeah. And I think the, the thing that drives me nuts, like I think I could literally get around with a bike except food shopping. That's where I, that's like the one thing that I need a bike for, or I need a car for, cause I need to carry things in it. And I know people say that you can attach things to it, but when, if it's, if it's raining and you need food, what do you do? Well, like when we were in Portland and even Sacramento, we had um, paneers that we hooked onto our bicycle and mm -hmm. they were waterproof. Mm. Um, so like, you know, you load your groceries in that cycle home, you're good to go. Alternatively, if you're in, a, in an area with like car to go or zip car, uh, okay. if you've got like a super big grocery trip to make, you could rent a car for a couple hours, you know, again, but it depends on your geography. Like there are no zip cars in Siskiyou County, which is the yeah. northernmost county in uh, California. So, um, yeah. <laughs> right. That's, uh, that's the, mm. man, I do love my car, but I, I, I'm, I'm thinking about it, but anyway, so, uh, now you said you went from an 800 square foot to a 400 square foot, right? Right. Right. And then, we went from the 400 square foot in Sacramento to another 400 square foot apartment in Portland, Oregon. And mm -hmm. then from there, we went into the tiny house. And this has all happened over basically from 2003 to 2011. So right. definitely, you know, big transition times for us. Let me ask this question. Uh, so the tiny house thing is fascinating and, and I'm, I'm, it's something that I will do at one point in my life. I do want to live in a tiny house for a little bit. Um, I, I actually want to test it through Airbnb if that's even a possibility. Uh, yeah, you should. Cause okay. there are tiny houses on Airbnb. All right. Perfect. All right. Uh, but uh, what, <sighs> your stuff, <laughs> your stuff, like, cause, cause obviously you were living in a pretty big place. Uh, with a lot of stuff and then how do you just keep getting rid of it and then how do you decide what to get rid of because I know one of the things you got rid of was a TV and I kind of want to go on that because I think that's something that I'm going to end up doing at some point in my life but what was the like how, how was it getting rid of all that stuff and how did you know what to get rid of well you know I, I kind of did it by like segments like looking at like my clothes my kitchen stuff like the junk drawer um, shoes and like kind of just grouping things helped me discard things that I didn't want anymore and mm -hmm. give to charities. So like, you know, we probably gave away like 90% of our belongings over that. Um, what is that? 2003 to 2011 time frame. I suck at math. Five, well, seven you were, years, whatever. But yeah. it, it was basically like a little at a time. And then 
um, I discovered this thing called the 100 Thing Challenge. And it was started by a guy named Dave Bruno. And the idea behind the challenge is to downsize your personal possessions to under 100 things. And I participated in that challenge. And it was super helpful in terms of downsizing my own personal stuff and changing my my buying habits like you know buy something new something's got to go like just kind of letting go of the clutter and really trying to be mindful about what types of belongings I have in my little house huh uh, well okay this hundred thing challenge is interesting now because you you're saying that this what Dave Bruno you said his name was uh-huh so and he has a book called the hundred thing challenge as well oh, okay so he is basically saying like to get your stuff down to 100 things. And that could be like, is a, is a book a thing? It can be. Okay. So like the thing about the challenge to keep in mind is it's completely arbitrary. Like you set your own rules, you mm. figure out what's important to you. And this takes time and, you know, a lot of self-reflection. Um, but I think it's worth it in the long run because for me, I was just, I had reached a point where I was so tired of dealing with all my crap that I just I just started giving most of it away because I if if I really anal and I did analyze like what do I use where I where am I in my apartment like I didn't use most of my stuff so why am I like toting around like 50 old textbooks from college for example yeah. things like that so really recognizing what brings value to your everyday life is super important. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I struggle with is I want to get rid of those things as well, but I feel like I should get money for them. It doesn't seem like you did that. No, I just, there were some things that we did sell, but you know, <laughs> the thing that I learned is no one wants your old crap, like your stuff. <laughs> like they just don't, you're not going to get money for it. I mean, I even sold my uh, wedding ring and really, I did. That's a whole other story, but was that really you know, crowding your closets? Is that is that why? No, it, it was sort of for me. It was representative of the old Tammy, a person who was very materialistic, mm. and so we ended up selling the ring to um, an old friend. But that took like two years. Like we tried to sell it on eBay, um, some other online sites. People didn't want it. Like we spent like five grand on that ring, and so. Like people like that's a small thing, but just to keep in mind, like stuff doesn't really hold value necessarily. Of course, it depends on what it is, but that's been my experience. Interesting. So I want to talk a little bit about, about the tiny house. Did, sure. you, did you build it yourself? Did you buy it? Did you, what was the deal there? So we did not build it ourselves. We helped design the house. Okay. Um, Logan and I discovered tiny homes in, uh, was it 2008 or nine-ish? Mm -hmm. um, totally fell in love with the idea, and um, we lived full-time in our little house for three years, and we actually just um, moved out of the space for winter, but that's another story. Anyways, uh, we opted to have someone else build the house for us after we took a building workshop because we realized holy shit, this is going to be a lot of work. <laughs> right. And if we build it ourselves, we might destroy our marriage yeah, and like yeah. potentially like be driving or towing like this really dangerous dwelling down the road. So yes. um, got it again, like taking a step back and being like, okay, do I really need to do it myself? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. But you, if you own it though, 
We do. Okay. Yeah, we paid in cash for it. Cool. And, th- and that's the other thing, too, which we didn't touch on was, you know, you said you had all the student loan debt. Are you still in debt? No. So we paid off our student loan debt, like our credit card debt, all that crap. <laughs> Wait, um, e- even like with two masters and his PhD, all that debt is paid? It is. But, okay, so Logan is... Um, really fortunate because the majority of his graduate school work, um, master's degree, as well as PhD was paid for through scholarships. Oh, okay. So, um, and like student teaching and stuff like that. So Logan, he got out of school and maybe had like $3,000 in student loan debt, whereas I had about 30. (laughs) Wow. So, yeah. But definitely downsizing your life opened up uh, more cash flow to put toward your student loans. Yeah. I mean, for example, like uh, selling the cars Mm -hmm. and um, just getting rid of those alone opened up about 500 bucks a month that we just put towards the student loans. And we were like, holy shit, like all this extra cash laying around. But it was great because we just, by changing our consumer habits and really prioritizing, you know, the pain off of the debt, um, was awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but, you know, definitely not having the car for so long was, um, very helpful in, in terms of paying off debt. Yeah. And it seems like you made a lot of decisions in the last, what, seven years. So mm-hmm. what, what was the, when did this starting your own business happen? Because you were working at jobs and then mm-hmm. you decided, okay, I'm going to do this full time now. Were you, uh, did you already have something going on the side and then were able to easily transition into it? Or did you just say like, eh, fuck it, I'm going to do it and we'll see what happens? Yeah, so I started Rowdy Kittens in late 2007 mm-hmm. and um, going to just consistently blogging and writing. And I was working a full-time job at that point and started doing kind of freelance projects on the side. Mm-hmm. And I was, um, you know, I had made the transition from investment management to social service-based work. And I was getting really burned out. Um, it was pretty intense and I just decided, you know what, this is when I'm going to leave my job. We At that point, this is like 2010. By then, we'd paid off our student loan debt, um, had a savings account in place, and it was just the time to do it. And so I quit my job, <laughs> started writing, doing freelance stuff full time, and yep. then we made our transition up to Portland, Oregon. And so, I mean... <sighs> The first year was really hard because I, you know, I made like twenty thousand dollars. Like <laughs> it's like nothing, you know. But it's not but bad I, for your lifestyle. I mean, that, that. No, you know, but again, like no debt, no car payment. Yeah. Like we really simplified, and so I knew that it was going to be hard to build the business. And um, it's definitely evolved organically over time, and it's still evolving. You know, there's always stuff to learn, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I hope I answered your question. <laughs> yeah, you did. And like, what was the writing and the photography the same? Did you develop those skills at the same time? Because photography seems like kind of out in left field. Yeah, so I've always um, been into photography, and I really, okay. um, I didn't. It's funny because it's just sort of organically evolved into my business. Like I, 
Yeah. You know, Logan was like, why are you using stock photos on your website? You know how to take pictures. What are you doing? So I'm like, oh, I guess you're right. I could integrate that into my work, which I've done. And I teach a photography class and share my photos on the blog and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. So, um, yeah, it's just been an ongoing interest throughout my whole life. And so it's been really fun to teach other people tools to take better photos. Cool. And and rowdykittens.com, that's your full-time thing? Yeah, it is. Like I, you know, I make the bulk of my income through teaching and then I have of course like book royalties and um any other random gigs that may appear like, you know, speaking opportunities mm-hmm. once in a while, but really the the majority of my income is through teaching right now. Right. And teaching like online or teaching at a physical location. Online classes. Oh, okay, cool. So writing my writing class, photography class, and then um I run a uh, a collaborative e-course called A Simple Year. It's a 12-month course, and that's been just fantastic to work with other bloggers mm-hmm. and come together to produce content that can really help people simplify their lives and, and rethink where they're going. Right. And do you, now, do you yeah. you still own the house, uh, the tiny house now? But where we are you? Do. All right. Where are you living at now, though? So, so two weeks ago, uh, we decided, like, it's really funny. So end of September of 2014, we started talking about moving into town for the winter. And our tiny house is um, in a very rural part of Northern California. It's on my in-law's cattle ranch. Mm-hmm. And so the closest big town to us is Wairika, which is about... Um, Seven, eight thousand people in Wairika. Um, that's where Logan works full time. And the thing about Siskiyou County is that it's really cold during the winter. Mm. And we've spent the last two winters here in the tiny house. And the house itself is warm, but everything else freezes. So right. no shower, walking water, like oh, you know, wow. it's set up. It's set up like an RV. So like when it's ten below, you're not going to have water flowing from your your RV uh, hose into uh-huh. the house, right? Right. So it's just. Um, it's challenging in the winter. So we decided, like, we started talking about, well, maybe we should rent, like, a small cottage in town. Like, I told my mother-in-law about this idea, and literally, like, three days later, I get a text from her saying, oh, my gosh, my friend Gail's running this really cute cottage at 700 square feet. It would be perfect for you guys during winter. And so two weeks ago, we we moved in with basically nothing and (laughs) have been here ever since. We've got a couple beds and uh, a few chairs now, but it's kind of funny, like how things transform if you're open to them. (laughs) Right. And, and, and you are planning on going back to the tiny house? I think so. I mean, we basically have just decided to, you know, ride out the end of fall and winter in this space. And then we're going to, reassess what we want in the spring and decide like you know do we want to go back to the tiny house or do we want to stay in town and the thing about tiny houses is they're I love our little house I'm so happy that we bought it and still have it however tiny houses are not legal to park in most cities right so (laughs) we've had some issues with that and ended up having to move because of legalities and that's very stressful so um you know (laughs) there's pros and cons to everything um but you know like right now logan's a mile from his office he can walk or cycle whereas you know if we're out at the ranch it's 
12, 13 miles into town and you're usually driving. So there's a lot to consider, like when we decide, okay, what do we want for the spring? But we have options. So anyways, that's sort of the, the short version of the story. And that's super cool. <laughs> and, and what about the TV? When did you decide to get rid of a TV and how's that been? Oh, that was while ago that was when we were in davis so we were (laughs) we were like oh gosh we love our tv like i don't know if we can give it up so we ended up hiding it in the closet so we wouldn't (laughs) wouldn't watch it and uh then of course we never pulled it out to watch and gave it to a friend um but we still watch like movies and some shows online but it it's just not part of my daily life anymore. I mean, I was watching TV for like three or four hours a <laughs> right, day. Right. So that's a lot of time that I could have been using for other other things. Cool. Well, that's super cool. And and what's next for Tammy? What are you what are you up to now? Like uh, as far as your business and and you know what you're planning on doing? Um, well, I like we have a, a, the simple year course that starts in January, so I'm super stoked about that. Um, Where can people find that out on, on Rowdy Kittens? Yeah, they can go to Rowdy Kittens to find info on a simple year, simple year, or just a simpleyear.co is the website. Mm-hmm. And I'm brainstorming a new book idea right now, so I don't know how that's going to play out because it's still in kind of the the mind mapping right. stage. And then uh, you know, next year I'll teach my writing and photography courses, but um, this year is kind of just it's really winding down fast, and I've been spending. Uh, less time working and more time with my mom, which has been fantastic. Cool. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I love your story, and I think it's inspiring. It's definitely something that I've been thinking a lot about, just going into this minimalistic lifestyle, and, and the tiny house thing has been on my mind, and moving around has been on my mind. So it's definitely interesting to hear your side of it for sure. So I wanted well, to thank you to be, for being on. Well, thank you so much. It was really a great chat. Yeah, absolutely. And guys, if you have questions about any of this stuff, you can uh, email us at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com and subscribe to the podcast so that you get it downloaded to your uh, apps or devices every single day because that's when we do this show every day. Uh, Also, if you really like the show, I encourage you to leave a review on either iTunes or Stitcher. And I want to read a quick review from Borden Wilson from the United States. Uh, Informative and funny, five stars. I am new. I am a new medical resident earning my first salary, and I don't know what the hell to do with my money. Thankfully, these guys have given me some good ideas to think about. They also provides, provide some entertainment and laughs. So that's it. Thank you, Borden. That was perfect. Not to be a kitten when I do that <laughs> sound. I don't know why I decided to go that <laughs> road. Uh, so you guys can go to our website, listenmoneymatters.com, and check out our toolbox, which has all the tools that we mentioned here on the show at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. And I want to give a big shout out to Betterment for being a sponsor. So thank you to Betterment. And again, Tammy, thank you so much for being on. Look forward to hearing more from you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, take care. Yeah, thanks again for hanging out with us, guys. And of course, we look forward to the next episode. So later. Later. Tell your friends about this show.